Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Bazinga, it's Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. I thought maybe if I started each one with a, a polite, reverent bazinga. Let's, let's, let's do a different one. Okay. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Cowabunga, my shorts. It's Griffin McElroy. That was two Simpsons, which equals one bazinga in my mind. Oh, what's the... The what's... conversion rate? I'm glad you've asked. Yeah. Well, keep going. <laughs> let's try one more and maybe you okay. can start to suss it out. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Giggity Peter. I'm Lewis. Oh, I'm Griffin McElroy. <laughs> what was that last? That was the dog one. Oh. <laughs> and he was... He was drunk, of course. Uh-huh. So this four of them equals two of the Simpsons equals one Bazinga Man. Mm-hmm. I watched a, a bit of Young Sheldon. I, we just got our DVR working, and uh, we cl- tuned into a bit of Young Sheldon. And by tuned in, I mean it was on when I discovered that our cable box was working again. And oh, um, okay. not what I expected from Young Sheldon. I thought you meant that we had somehow DVR'd Young Sheldon. Well, my secrets don't need to be aired out so publicly mm-hmm. on this podcast, and I would appreciate it if you didn't try to shame me. Do you think me. the next spinoff is old Sheldon? I think the next spinoff is two Sheldons. <laughs> I think the next one is called Sheldon, and it's him as an undersea mollusk. Or and it's the Garfield and Friends character Sheldon. That is another very likely possibility. Yeah. Maybe the next one's called Smeldon, and it's about... Um, Bears that live in a den. Oh, I was going to say like his butt or a fart. Oh, see, I'm I'm moving beyond. I see you like the den part of it. Hey, do you have any small wonders? I do. Uh, St. Louis Blues hockey. Yeah, they are crushing it. Yeah, so they have won uh, ten games in a row, which has tied their franchise record from back in 2002. And tonight they are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, and if they win. New record. Bunch of pushovers, the Maple Leafs. I ain't worried about it one bit. Oh, Hear geez, that, Toronto? I'm too superstitious for that. Blow the, you know what I call the uh, the the uh, St. Louis jazz, jazz blues. Mm-hmm. Call them the Leaf Blowers. That's nice. Because they're <laughs> they're gonna, I guess, blow all ooh, the Leafs ooh, tonight. Yikes! What's, what's, what's going? Your, on? Yeah, what's, what's going on wonder? here? My small wonder. I've been listening to this album usually during like Henry's chill out time before we put him down for bed. Uh, but it's also a good work album. It's I I, for, I think it's called The World of Studio Ghibli, and it's just this string quartet playing very pretty uh string covers of studio ghibli songs which i didn't realize i've seen like most of those movies at this point i didn't realize how uh much those songs have stuck in my mind because you hear one and you're like oh this is from spirited away and then you hear one and you're like oh this is from princess mononoke and then after the third one you're like oh fuck i just know all the studio ghibli music i guess uh it's very pretty it's on spotify and uh it's i i like instrumental stuff to work too, especially like mm-hmm. nice string uh, chill instrumental stuff, and this is this is good 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 for that. Um, I think who goes first this week? I don't know. Luckily, wonderful FYI is back up. Of course, it was back up by the time our episode eulogizing it uh, had been posted. Uh, looks like first one to go this week is Rochelle. Take it away. Uh, so I wanted to talk this week about the evolution of Leon Bridges. Yeah, so somebody used a sunstone on this fucking guy, and all of a sudden he grew <laughs> twice in height, he got yellow stripes all over, and now he can do fire attacks also. So thanks to whoever did that, you really... A lot Is that of, a Pokemon uh, reference? A lot of power creep. No, that was a reference to the... That was a that one was that one was not a Pokemon reference. What you just heard from me was a reference to the transfiguration from beloved german philosopher the one who wrote that and i think his name was cop kyle kotf gregon gregondry cop wow i just got so many things wrong <laughs> i just guy about book about guy who turns into a bug the metamorphosis oh, that's franz kafka. kafka and we've made it here full circle arrived hello everybody i'm wow. griffin i paid 10 percent attention in school <laughs> but so anyway that was a reference i was trying to make which would have made me sound real smart if i'd done it who if you had gotten maybe 20 percent more right i could have helped you out there i think i think i said kafka which is close to kafka but anyway 
So, so Leon Bridges has two albums. He's amazing. He is relatively new to the scene. He's a very young man. He's 29 from Fort Worth, Texas. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, his first album came out in 2015 when he was just 26 years old. The good thing about living in Texas is so many artists are starting here now. This like didn't happen very often in West Virginia, but when it did, I'd be like psyched out of my mind. But it happens all the time. Everybody's from Texas now. It's amazing. Yeah, you know who else is? Is uh, Gary Clark Jr. Yeah. I read an interview with him and Leon Bridges. And apparently they've they've been doing some collaborating. Lots of folks. St. Vincent is from is from Texas. Just like everyone. Everyone's mm-hmm. from Texas. It's a big state. Big old state. I think she's from Texas. Uh, so his first album, Coming Home, came out in 2015. He got a lot of comparisons to Sam Cooke and Otis Redding. Um, and I think a lot of that came from his kind of relative newness. Uh, he also grew up not listening to secular music. He had like a very religious mom. Uh, and so his exposure to kind of the world and the music scene was, was relatively small. So when he came out, you know, it was just a lot of like kind of soul music and everybody talked about, you know, how he seemed to be kind of from this different time. So right, I, because music at that time was almost entirely inspired by non-secular tunes right like i feel like all the like big singers that you hear from from that day like have some sort of connection to like mm-hmm. you know i sang in the church or i grew up listening to like these, well, and these it's, you know singers. if you read a lot of interviews with leanne bridges he talks a lot about his mom and being kind of shy about you know like letting her down or making her uncomfortable yeah. with his music adorable uh so you've probably heard this song but i wanted to play a little bit of the title song coming home baby how will be grieving if you wanted to leave me all alone by myself i don't want nobody else the world needs a bit of taste in my mouth girl you're the only one that i want It really sounds like it's just from, it really sounds, I, I looked through the YouTube comments of this one today and every one of them was like, I heard this on the radio. I just assumed it was like yeah. from 1967. <laughs> like what the fuck? Cause it yeah. does, it sounds so authentically like yeah. old, old school like that. Yeah. Uh, very, like very, very Sam Cooke. Um, Which is about as good a comparison as you could hope for, I think. Oh, of course. Uh, But I read this interview with him recently. So his new album came out in 2018. It's called uh, Good Thing. And it's, you know, just a lot more complex and just like a lot more variety in the style. Uh, And in the interview, they asked what his uh, inspirations were. (laughs) Let me read his quote. Fucking Usher, Genuine, James Blake, <laughs> Portishead, R. Kelly, Towns Van Zandt, <laughs> Willie Nelson. <laughs> like the combination of names there to go like Genuine, Willie Nelson, Portishead, Usher. Like I've always said that Genuine and Willie Nelson have more in common <laughs> than they have apart. And I wish they would just squash the fucking beef already, guys. Well, and I have to recommend so very, very recently, like Valentine's Day, like last week, uh, he was on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and did his own version of Pony. <gasps> It's very good. Oh, my God. He's very good. So he gets kind of a lot more R&B on this new album. Uh, In this article from Esquire, uh, it says, Across the 10 tracks, all of which Bridges co-wrote, he toys with 80s-style pop, flirts with jazz, and occasionally dives headfirst into throbbing R&B. No two cuts move in the same direction. Instead, the energy refracts from one song to the next, constantly beaming off into new directions. Uh, and a lot of the interviews with Leon Bridges, he talks about, you know, how how sheltered he was and how he, you know, since that first album has toured the world. He's been nominated for two Grammys. He attended President Obama's last birthday at the White House. I saw uh, also in all the YouTube comments for the second song you're going to play, uh, mm-hmm. all of them were also like, Obama sent me here. Obama said. Yeah. That- so the song off this album I wanted to play is called Bad, Bad News. Uh, and it's from Obama's 2018 playlist. It's a good playlist. Let me come I 
I'm a bad music fan because I am very quick to be like, this isn't like the old thing that you did, and I don't like it as much, so bleh. Uh, and I've done that like more times than I can count. Uh, but I feel like this one, there was something really novel about his his old stuff, his first stuff that came out, but mm-hmm. just based on how like genuinely classical it sounded. Um, but then like to lose that layer of that layer of novelty, novelty makes it sound like I'm diminishing like the, the type of music he was making. It wasn't that it was that the type of music he was making was being made in the 2010s, uh, to lose that and just be like, now I'm doing like my voice, but bringing it to like all of these other different sounds. It feels like he's just like gone, like, well, you haven't seen my final form yet. And just like busted. (laughs) To be fair, his second album, good thing. Uh, there is still some like, you know like more soul traditional tracks. But I don't think you could confuse it like with music no, actually. No, it's a lot more sexy too. Yeah. Like his his other single off good thing, uh, Beyond is like it's just like super it's doing it tunes. Super sensual. We'll have to throw that one down on the old wax spinner. Which is what I call our jukebox, which is what I call <laughs> our record player. Um <laughs> And now you'll lay me down slow on a bed of roses. And we don't need to go any further than that because folks know what we're talking about at that point. Um, you make me blush, Griffin. You ordered right? fresh roses. You ordered fresh roses. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. You got the roses. Oh, right? you know what? I just got the thorns. We'll make We can, di- we can we'll do make something. Di- <laughs> we can do something with Nasty. that. Nasty. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, more than like Leon Bridges, for example, being like my favorite soul singer, or my favorite R&B singer, it's kind of like my favorite new artist to like watch mature and like find his, his voice and his style and become more confident in what that is and like the value in that. I feel yeah. like it just the, the progression from the first to the second was just super cool to see. It makes me excited for what's coming next. Yeah. I think the reason that like I'm so into album two even though it's a different direction which is a trend that i've like you know fallen out of favor with a lot of different musical artists who try the same thing is that it's not a like reversal or complete denial of what he first brought to the table it's not like you know oh you liked my old acoustic shit well tough here is a really grungy electronic album i'm I'm doing electronic pop now and it's like ah this is just not your core comp i'm glad that you're trying new stuff and you shouldn't be hemmed into just do the old stuff but like this new thing that you've decided to just completely pivot to doesn't work that's not what he did he was like i'm gonna bring this this sound that i you know curated in the first album and like bring it and explore it in all these other different ways it's really good yeah um can i tell about my first thing yes my first thing is shower thoughts and i want to be clear here when i talk about shower thoughts because there's like a thing there's like an internet thing about shower thoughts there is yes the idea of a shower thought i I, I was doing research about thinking in the shower and what i realized is like the internet's sort of main library of information about this very subject is a subreddit called shower thoughts which already i'm not super excited about because i'm not a big reddit fan um but they did have this definition of what like the internet thinks of as shower thoughts uh they have it listed as small epiphanies that make the mundane more enjoyable uh one example being your stomach thinks all potatoes are mashed they're called shower (laughs) thoughts because it's like another one is like once you have a phd every meeting you go to becomes a doctor's appointment that's fine they're fine they're entertaining enough uh, they are called shower thoughts because uh, you generally have them when you are sort of doing a fairly mundane thing, a fairly mundane thing that you do very regularly. Oh, okay. That doesn't so it's require. not necessarily showering. Exactly. You don't have to have them in the shower, which is why okay. I don't want to talk about this specifically. Okay. I specifically want to talk about shower thoughts. Okay. Because in my shower time, the shower is where I do without a doubt, my very best thinking. Really? Some of my best thoughts have happened in the shower. Okay. Um, now that I do a long drive to daycare, I'm starting to do some of those there also. But uh-huh. obviously, I'm always fucking 10 and 2. I'm always eyes on the road, two car distance between me and the next car. A good driver boy. So it does require a little bit more mental ram. Shower, I'll just stand there and feel nice and get relaxed. Talk about showers while I take a drink of water. Uh, you know what I used to have, um, when I was in college is I had shower crayons so I could write down my shower thoughts, uh, before I forgot them. 
That's really good. But it it was not a good look for the shower. Yeah, I can't imagine it did. So Rachel can probably attest that my showers sometimes last longer than they should uh, when you consider that my needs in there are fairly spartan. Yeah, I assumed you were doing stuff in there I didn't want to know about. Uh, no, I wouldn't do that in the shower um, standing up because uh, <laughs> I'm not a caveman. <laughs> okay. Um, the reason I don't really get in and get out is because I do my thinking in there. I'll get lost in thoughts. I'll explore thoughts. Uh, okay. Um, I've written a lot of Taz ideas in there. Uh, I've come to terms with some, you know, some brain troubles. Adventure Zone. For Adventure Zone that is the might show not be I do. Familiar. Um, not, not the Tasmanian <laughs> Devil. I, but I have come up with some of my favorite Tasmanian <laughs> Devil fan fiction in there. Um, the whole thing where he uh, accidentally does eat the Tweety Bird and then Marvin the Martian has mm. to zap him with a big beam to make the bird come out. What if he spun the other direction? And Tweety Bird came right out. Yeah. Yeah. What if he did spin the other direction? What if there was an would we evil? Even, would we even know? Would we even know? Um, I, yeah, whenever I have like a hard decision that I need to think over, if I'm in the shower, sometimes I'll like consider some new angle of it. Um, sometimes I just like, I, I, you know, I work in front of a computer and, and generally deal with a tremendous amount of anxiety. The computer uh, does not help much with. Uh, and so just like being in the shower, I get to sort of like take some time to unpack things. Oh, all my I got to introduce you really to bathtub life. Bathtub life, bathtub life doesn't do it for me. No? I know I, because I enjoy the feeling. It is then you're like you're sitting, you yeah. know, it's like an X level of relaxation. But uh, but I get bored. I get bored. Oh, okay. yeah. I need to be able to walk out at any time. Okay. Um, whenever I have like a, a fight with somebody about something, like I can go in the shower and like really process like how I actually feel about it. That's um, good. And so like I wanted to know why this was. Uh, I found an interview with Time uh, with a psychologist at Washington University. His name's R. Keith Sawyer, uh, who's written some books about uh, how like human beings find creativity. Um. And uh, in this interview with Time, he said, many people believe creativity comes in a sudden moment of insight and that this magical burst of an idea is a different mental process from our everyday thinking. But extensive research has shown that when you're creative, your brain is using the same mental building blocks you use every day, like when you figure out a way around a traffic jam. Uh, in creativity research, we refer to the three Bs for the bathtub, the bed, and the bus, places where people have famously and suddenly, uh, where ideas have famously and suddenly emerged. Uh, when we take time off from working on a problem we change what we're doing in our context and that can activate different areas of our brain if the answer wasn't in the part of the brain we were using it might be in another if we're lucky in the next context we may hear or see something that relates distantly to the problem we had temporarily put aside basically saying like if you really 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 get focused on something if you really really focus on a problem that your brain kind of like siphons all of its efforts towards that one thing uh -huh. and any kind of like out of the box solution for it or a great idea about a completely fucking different thing yeah. it's going to be harder for your brain to like actually cast a wide net and yeah. get that stuff which is a sort of may seem counterintuitive way of thinking about how your brain works but the more you focus on something the less efficient your brain is actually being i kind of buy that because this is like when i was talking about taking walks one week and how like it was really helpful for me to take a walk and think my thoughts yeah for sure like you just do any other task that doesn't require a lot of effort and it frees up your brain a little bit yeah uh i read a mental floss article that sums it up kind of like uh sums it up like this uh thinking hard about a problem deactivates your default network it boosts your prefrontal prefrontal cortex's control this isn't a bad thing it tightens your focus and gives you the power to stop gawking at cat pictures and hit that deadline but it can also dig you into a creative rut because when you're deeply focused on a task your brain is more likely to censor unconventional and creative solutions yeah which is I, I, like a perfect way of of thinking about it mm. so like I got, I got myself a fucking busy super anxious brain and the things that i do with it every single day just like work really really work me up and when i am trying to when i'm sitting in front of you know my document where i'm trying to prepare the next episode of adventure zone and i just sit there for 30 minutes and yeah. nothing comes out i literally just have to force myself to stand up and you know usually i don't take shower i take showers at weird times of the day usually around mm -hmm. like two or three o'clock and i usually save them for when i have hit my absolute breaking point where like i cannot create anything else today i go take a shower i have one just one idea that can like serve as a writing prompt for something else and then I can go just like go get it done. 
Uh, It's a nice transitional thing too. Like when I'm editing a podcast, I'm so fucking head down on it and so uh, dialed in that the, you know, I'm not going to naturally think of something cool to do in the next episode of, of Taz. So like going into the shower and relaxing and letting my brain kind of like, uh, you know, expand a little bit and rinsing out all of that, like highly technical editing focus out of my gourd and, and letting myself think of other stuff too, is like a good transitional period between like the different kinds of work that I, I do. And also I get clean in my hair and like my butt and my grundle and my armpits. I soap them all up so good. And then I come out of the, I come out and I smell super great. Yeah. I I like, I like thinking about the shower as less of like a task you have to do and more like an opportunity to go in this room of your house that is like just designed to like set you free for a few minutes. <laughs> yes. Uh, which like I'm saying this all out loud and it makes me think that I like I, sh- I should have been meditating basically my entire life because that's all like that's what this is about also. Yeah. But but there's something about the required isolation and the like. I work from home. I got no fucking excuse. There's apps and shit. Yeah, but I think there's something about being wet. Like you can't, <laughs> you can't bring stuff in there with you. You know, like you can't, mm. you can't work on your laptop in the shower. Yeah, you know, or you can't look at your phone in the shower. Or yeah. most of the time, it's like it, it, it forces you to focus on the immediate. Let me hit you with something. Okay, it's definitely the podcast episode title. But or maybe not because we might want to like protect it a little bit until we can find a way to monetize it. Okay. Weditation. <laughs> okay. 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 Now, is this an app or is this a state of mind? It's. I think I don't know how we could do it as an app. I think it's a state of maybe the app is you spend fifty dollars and then it's just me and I pop up and I'm like. Go get under some running water and just think really good. Or you provide the running water sound effect and then splice in. Uh, And so somebody closes their eyes, they feel like they're in the shower. And I'll come to your house with a super soaker and just keep blasting you in the gourd just over and over again. I'll make the water noise. You say some things you would say, okay? Okay. You ready? Stop thinking about, what are you thinking about? Stop it. The super soaker is going to make some noise too. Keep going. Got a thing at work? That's tomorrow. Don't worry about that. See, yours seems a little punitive. Usually meditation apps are like more calming. They're not like punishing you. You want me to try again? Yeah. It's time to stop thinking about that dumb shit thing you said at the big meeting today. And everyone laughed at your dumb idea. Babe, you're so bad at this. I'm telling you, it's giving me a real real insight into how your brain works, and I feel so bad for you. No, let me try again. Okay. Mm, Feel that water? Feels good, doesn't it? Anyway, don't think about that terrible thing when you (laughs) fell in the street and you the coffee splashed all over your okay your your jeans. Weditation. Right in your triangle. Hey, do can I steal you away? It can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace. Um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis um, website design or website functionality, and you think, that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be... The same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people you can, you can sell? Uh, your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible in the wow background. yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain
Griffin? Yeah. You know what's a shame? What? Is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? (laughs) It's factor. These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. (laughs) Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, There's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? (laughs) Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. I have a message here for Hannah, and it's from Tyler, who says, Hello, honeybee. I'm so glad we're hanging out and in love and junk. Getting to live with you and our thick cat son makes me happier than anything in the world. Charles and I love you. Charles and I love you more than anything in the whole wide world. Also, can we get stuffed crust tonight? Thanks, Bibber Noodle. Can you still get stuffed crust? Somewhere? Where is this stuffed crust happening? Is I think what I maybe t- does Domino's still have it? Domino's, you're fucking out of this world with these ideas, man. <laughs> I can't believe they're still doing this dang thing. Have also, you ever is had their cat named Charles? Because I love that. Could be. Could be. Do, can I read the other one? Yes. This one's for Kaylee, and it's from Claire, who says, Kaylee, you are my dearest friend and someone I would be remiss without. I hope you're having a good time in Scotland. And even without Gatorade and every moment with you is easy. <laughs> Have a wonderful Wednesday. P.S. Bunky. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real sure, stream sure, sure. of consciousness yeah, yeah, yeah. there. Hold on, though. Is Gatorade illegal in Scotland or something? Maybe they just don't have it. It might be illegal. It's like when people travel and they get peanut butter sent to them because they can't get it there. I haven't heard of that either. Mm. But then what's that in the peanut butter that you pull it out? It's a big bottle of Gatorade. Better luck next time, <laughs> Scotland. <laughs> Unless you binge watch TV at least 80 hours a week, Inside Pop is definitely not for you. Sean, that's a little extreme and also not quite true. Okay, Amita, how about Inside Pop is the podcast for people who love and appreciate the best pop culture has to offer. Oh, much better. In every episode, we interview the people who create the culture you crave. Past interviews include the showrunner of Ava DuVernay's Queen Sugar and Mudbound director Dee Reese. You'll also get the very best pop culture recommendations in our Big Sell segment. Plus, the opinions of two TV producers who are pop culture obsessives and actually do binge 80 hours of TV a week. Eyeballs. So tired. Listen to Inside Pop every other Wednesday on the Maximum Fun Podcast Network. What's your second thing? My second thing is a trip to the Poetry Corner. favorite one yet i mean i do enough of these eventually i'm gonna do a poem (laughs) did you know you were doing hot tea from the beginning or you just land there uh i mean when you learn to beatbox which i you know (laughs) i went to uh school for i um you learn you learn a few techniques and the first one is hot and the next one you can blend it into hot tea and that forms the basic sort of uh oral paradiddle if you will you're a very talented man. Thank you. Tell me about your poem. So I w- was thinking a little bit today about poems that uh, very first got me into poetry when I was itty bitty. Ooh, interesting. So specifically the poems for children. Okay. Now I bet you think I want to go Shel Silverstein, but I'm not. No, yeah, you're too uh, you're too clever for that. I mean, I'll probably get to Shel Silverstein. Don't, yeah, don't nothing worry. wrong with Shel Silverstein, but I feel like your shit's going to be way more underground. I don't know if I'd say that. Way more underground. 
it's not, Can like I I guess? Was, not like I was going to coffee shops at age four. Was it like, are we counting like Maurice Sendak in this? Was we it are he? not. Okay. He was a poet, right? He did poetry too, right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, where the wild things. Okay. Anyway, sorry. What's He's your more of a book than a poem? Yeah, I guess. What's the, what is it? It is a poem called The Swing by Robert Louis Stevenson. Hey, okay. Does that name ring a bell to you? He made Winnie the Pooh. No. Didn't know. He wrote Treasure Island. Yeah, close. And uh, also The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Whoa, okay. Check out the range on that guy. Yeah, he's got some, uh, he's got some, he's got some skills. I could have <laughs> sworn he made Winnie the Pooh. No. Okay. Robert Louis Stevenson mm-hmm. only lived uh, till 44. Shit. Because uh, he was kind of a sickly dude. Okay. He was born in Scotland, uh, had a lot of bronchial trouble growing up. And so this kind of steady stream of illnesses kept him from school. So he was taught a lot by private tutors. Uh, and so he spent the first, you know, 20 something years of his life more or less homebound. And if not homebound, like searching for the ideal climate to like regulate his his bronchial issues. Okay. Uh, and then in 1875, he met uh, an American woman while in France uh, that he fell in love with, but she was still married. Oh, um, but she had was. kind of a, a jerk husband. She had two kids and she was spending time in France and her husband was kind of a, a known uh, adulterer. So did he, swoop, he swooped that or what? Uh, well, yeah. So he was super in love with her, took a boat to New York and then a train to California, which like almost killed him just because of how sickly he was. And he, he like took the boat like steerage, like super affordable, but like very terrible conditions. Shit. Uh, and then in 1879, she divorced her husband and then five months later remarried Robert Louis Stevenson. Wow. Uh, so the two of them and her kids returned to Europe in 1880. Uh, and then in 1882, he again became very terribly ill and was confined to his bed, which, uh, and he was unable to speak. Uh, and so he didn't do much writing of prose in that time. But as he was recovering, he wrote A Child's Garden of Verses. Oh, that's where, okay, yes. this is where I know him from. And that was in 1885. And so this, I had a copy of this book growing up, the Golden Books edition. I remember. Um, so the book came out in 1885. The version I had was from 1951. Uh, and this poem, The Swing, is one, it's interesting, I didn't really think about it growing up. Uh, it wasn't until a few years ago when I was talking about this with my grandma that I realized it was like a part of my family history. Because I guess she used to read it to my dad and then my dad used to read it to me. And then recently my dad got a copy from me to read to Henry. Yeah. He is way too young. Way too young, yes. <laughs> if there is not a picture of a lion on it, he is not interested. Or a picture of Mickey that you have to find. <laughs> uh, but the swing... Is, is just kind of a, like a magical little like three stanza poem, and I wanted to read it, if that's okay. Please. How do you like to go up in a swing, up in the air so blue? Oh, I do think it the pleasantest thing ever a child can do. Up in the air and over the wall till I can see so wide, rivers and trees and cattle and all over the countryside. Till I look down on the garden green, down on the roof so brown, up in the air, I go flying again, up in the air and down. That's nice. I used to love that poem as a kid. And I also like the cadence of it reminds me of swinging back and forth a lot. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I have to imagine that was intentional, but this kind of like up in the air, I go flying again, up in the air and down. Like that, that like rhythm of it feels very much like swinging back and forth. Yeah. And I just, um, I don't know. He 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 is writing poems for children that are very much like in the world of children. You know, like swinging. Top five activities when you're a kid. One of the best. Maybe top three activities. Wow. Like Foursquare. Game Boy, Super Nintendo, Sega. Like it was like fifteenth <laughs> for me, but it was it's still really good. I gotta say, listening to that poem, it's really clear. You can see like the footsteps. That led from that poem to the Dr. Tipting, Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Well, to the tipping tip, <laughs> the tempting tip of my ice cream dripping down my hands. Lick it up, slurp it up, finish, finish, hurry. 
Um, Griffin is referring to a poem I wrote in second grade. I'm pretty sure we talked about it on this show. It was more Shel Silverstein inspired, really, if you think about it. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) Yeah, more Hustler magazine inspired. Filthy poem, filthy ice cream poem. (laughs) I love your filthy ice cream poem. Nothing has made me that happy in a long time. Um, That's a good poem. I like it. Yeah, I I mean, it's, there's something about it that is like so fundamental to my like beginning interest in poetry Mm. that like every time I see it, I just have this like feeling of like, this is where it started. I'm excited to crack into that with Henry. Yeah. I'm excited to watch his eyes open to the, to the beautiful, wonderful world of Rachel's Poetry Corner. Mm-hmm. Um, can I tell you about my second thing? Yes. So, I'm going to take a drink because there's lots of long words in this one. So, you've heard me talk about bismuth, that wonderful shape-shifting metal. But what about bismuth subsalicylate? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Are you friends with bismuth subsalicylate? Because it goes by another name. Do you know what that other name is? No. Fucking Pepto-Bismol. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess it's got that weird, cool, shape-shifting metal up there. Your love for bismuth, it goes so deep. It goes very, very, very fucking deep. (laughs) Listen, y'all, you know my fucking sitch at this point. Fluids, (laughs) I have drank, fluids I drink in this life, ranked, goes water, soda, juice, beer, Pepto-Bismol, wine, in that order. (laughs) If we're counting by fluid ounces, I think Pepto-Bismol beats wine, but I'm becoming an adult man. And now, although the older I get, the more Pepto I'm just going to drink. So what so the you fuck? Know what? You got the tabs the other day, and I'm curious if you think the tabs are as effective. The tabs are bullshit, but we were about to get on a boat, and I didn't need to have a big bottle of Pepto-Bismol with me. Um, I ate them. I ate them very recently, folks. And listen, it's the best medicine ever, even though it occasionally leaves me horrifically constipated. It only does that some of the time, and every rose has its thorns, baby. Um, how many times are we going to reference that? Colloquialism. Uh, so it is this pink goo, right? But that pink goo is not necessarily, you know, the bismuth subsalicylate, just like in its natural form, it is called what's uh, it's called a colloidal substance, which is science talk for it's got a bunch of insoluble like particles floating around in another solution. Uh, so that pink stuff has has other like tiny insoluble particles just sort of floating around in it. I guess just chilling in that thick pink goo. Um, and the uh, compound also has salis salicylic acid uh, in the compound and that has anti-inflammatory properties it kills bacteria uh, and the bismuth has antibiotic properties uh, and it acts as an antacid as far as I can tell nobody tells nobody can tell like how it actually stops diarrhea no one's 100% sure (laughs) but it just does it also which like what the fuck maybe I haven't done enough research but I did more research in a Pepto-Bismol today than I thought I would ever do Um, it was first on the market in uh, the early 1900s, like the year 1900. Oh, uh, wow. It started showing up in this store, uh, some some derivative of it, uh, some pharmacist in, in New York. Um, and he it was developed as an anti-diarrheal for uh, infants with cholera. So good looking Whoa. out, Pepto-Bismol. Well done. Uh, when it was first sold on the market... It was sold as bismosal mixture cholera in phantom, uh, which is, you know, the scariest four words I've ever heard put together, I think. Uh, And then luckily in 1919, they changed it to the way less scary Pepto-Bismol, not Pepto, what, what was it? Bismosal mixture cholera in phantom. Mm, I want to drink that pink stuff and go eat at Pizza Hut. No. Do you I want to drink the Pepto-Bismol. Did you find out about the pinkness? I'm very curious. The pink, about I think, that. is just sort of a color color choice because it has to be. Uh, I think all colloidal um, materials have to have a very, very sort of opaque. What's the? I get these. I get the opaque and transparent. Opaque means it's like thick and you can't see through it, right? Yeah. It has to have like an incredibly opaque. The the form that it takes that like sort of gooey 
gooey, thick, rich form uh, is the most important part because that's what sort of binds these these non-soluble particles together. And so at that point, like your options are like, you know, creamy white, or I guess you could dye it like black, but that would be wild. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know why they picked pink, but huh. it looks, it, I mean, it's striking, right? It is. And it's identifiable very easily. It's very identifiable. So despite the fact it's pink, and I don't know how much uh, Pepto experience you have. I was trying to think about the last time. I don't even know if I've, I've maybe taken it once since you and I have known each other. Yes. So it's it's been like eight years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you ask about the pink color. I was certain that, you know how when you drink uh, a lot of like, I think it's grape juice, your stool can turn like green or something like that. I think that that's the, like the purple dye in the grape juice turns your stool green. Uh, when you drink Pepto-Bismol, for some people, it can turn your tongue and your stool black. Oh, jeez. Um, and this happens to me. And I, I was never quite sure about it, but I thought it was like the grape juice thing or it's just like <laughs> the dye in Pepto-Bismol for whatever reason, like yeah. the inversion of pink, like it just left behind like this black trail. What it really is, is that the uh, the chemical compound in Pepto-Bismol can mix with the sulfur in your saliva and it will combine with the bismuth to form bismuth sulfide, which is an insoluble black salt. So your tongue and your poop turns black but it's all good no worries here uh is that what it says on the side of the bottle that's what it says on the side of the bottle it's all good it can also be be extremely not good because if you use it for like prolonged periods of time you can like develop you know a a pretty serious toxicity sort of situation in there Uh, also like young kids who have the flu or compromised immune systems can get very serious uh, uh diseases from uh, use and overuse of Pepto-Bismol. So, you know, it's, it's it ain't it ain't perfect. It's got super serious side effects for some people. So keep that in mind. Use it responsibly. Um, but when you are able to use it and you do use it responsibly, when you hold a bottle of Pepto-Bismol, you are essentially holding a medicine cannon that you can then sort of randomly point at this specific part of your body and just fire it off mm-hmm. and that part of your body will be good at that point. And I I there I can think of no other medicine or treatment like this. Like th- something is wrong with my stomach. Here is Pepto here is Pepto-Bismol. Go for it. I can't say like my sinuses are stuffy and my right eye hurts and my I can't hear it on my left ear and my tini- my tinnitus is really acting up and um, I think I have pink eye. Somebody won't come up to me and be like here is here is head pills and you take this and your whole head gets better. Do you know what I mean? Well, <laughs> I think what you're saying basically is that there's kind of only a couple symptoms that come with stomach problems, but there's a lot that goes on up in your head that could be unrelated. I think we're, I think when you're talking about upset stomach indigestion, uh, <laughs> something, something diarrhea, that's not just a few stomach problems. That's a sweet, that's an array of stomach problems. Okay. I'll tighten it up a little bit. I'll tighten it up a little bit. Uh, I got an ear infection and there's, there's, uh, I got tinnitus and it's, uh, yeah, this is going to get gross. I don't want to do the ear. Yeah. I just, I think the upstairs is a little more complicated than the downstairs. I think so too, but it doesn't change the fact that I have <laughs> stomach. Fair. Yeah. This is, I, I look all around my medicine cabinet. That's the pill that helps me not be sad all the time. That's the pill that helps me when I'm getting very, very scared for no reason. I take that one. This is one is for general aches and pains. Uh, this this one I can take when uh, the trees start shitting and doing weird stuff, and yeah. it makes my nose get all stuffed up. Yeah. Um, and then here is the the only stomach one. The stomach fixer. The stomach fixer upper. There's some there's some sort of game like video game mechanic logic about that, where it's just like. Oh, my stomach got shot. Well, jab, jab it with this stomach healer. Pff, ah, I'm better. Like, okay, it's amazing. The stomach works like that a lot. Like, if you think like if you're hungry and then you eat food and then you're not hungry anymore, the stomach is just ready. It's just ready or, to solve problems. Or my stomach's really, really fucked up and it has been for a long time. Eat this yogurt. Oh, hey, that did fix it. What the fuck, stomach? The stomach is ready to be solved. I love stomach. Um, what I don't love. <laughs> 
me and Pep took us way, way back, right? We're old, old buds. Uh, he's got me out a lot of hard scrapes over the years. Um, his flavor is the worst taste in the fucking universe, <laughs> and it can burn in hell forever. I don't care what kind of like tropical it's spin they try to put on it. It's one of those flavors you can conjure. Like I, again, I it's been like I don't know six or seven years since I've had Pepto Bismol, but I can recall it in my mind. It's it is indicative of the the colloidal sort of like substance. Uh, sub-genre, I feel like. Uh, like, have you ever had to do, like, an MRI where you drink that, like, tracer goo? No. It's sort of the same sort of uh, textural experience. Mm. For me, I think the flavor is undeniably bad, but what's worse is that it sort of coats your whole uh, tasting zone, your whole tasting area, uh, in a way that is uh, unpleasant. Unpleasant. If it was a bad flavor, but, like, a nice liquid form that you could just kind of shoot down there, that would, that would be one thing, but, Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's Pepto-Bismol. Very grateful <laughs> for it. I took it before we went on a three-hour boat ride. I was very nervous. I was going to get tummy sick on it because I've been tummy sick a bit since I got back from the latest tour. But bought me a beautiful, exactly three-hour long reprieve, which <laughs> ended as we were pulling into the docks, which <laughs> made me do the old fucking truffle shuffle back up the... Uh, Back up the back up the. You really feel comfortable sharing a lot of information on this podcast. (laughs) I think that I've pretty much whittled my audience down to people who do this exact same shit at this point. I am not worried about it. Okay. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Hey, do you want to hear some submissions from our friends at home? Yes, please. Here's one from Meredith, uh, who says, I absolutely love putting maple syrup in my coffee. It's so delicious. I don't put anything else in coffee anymore. I've heard that this is a thing. Have you ever done this? Fuck no. Meredith went out of her way to announce that she is Meredith from Vermont. So there is maybe something okay. to be expected about it. But no, you know me. It seems I need, like you might be into it. I need I need to pour some sort of colloidal substance into my coffee to get it <laughs> to get it uh, you know, crimey. And if I'm gonna do that, it's gonna be that that hazelnut shit. And I have I drink coffee every day. I drink it so much and I always get the same hazelnut shit in it. Um, because I've never had another flavor that pleases me as greatly as that does. Maybe I should. Maybe I should mix it up. Maybe I should throw some, you know, soy sauce or whatever in there. Who knows? Or maple syrup, like like Meredith suggested. Maybe I'll pour some Cairo syrup. I'll meet you halfway. Okay. Uh, Sophia says, I love opening up a new tube of paint or lotion and using the pointy bit on the end of the cap to poke open the metal seal. Oh. Oh, that's good. God, that's good. I love those. Because you look at it and you're like, oh, God, how am I going to? And then you see that little uh-huh. fun little spear and you're like, I'm going to stab. It's a stabbing. It's a stabbing. It full Human beings love a stabbing, I feel like. <laughs> uh, and then one last one. This one's from Kirsten, uh, who says, I love rearranging the furniture in my house once every few months. It makes the normally arduous chore of cleaning under big places of decor more exciting. And I like to experiment with different setups and vibes a room can have. My friend Ariel does this all the time. Like she is always rearranging. She's got in her living space and dining space are kind of her only areas to really play around. And she goes for it. I feel like every time I've been there, it's been a different layout. Mm -hmm. And And I I once like I I was so inspired. I I brought her to our house. Yes. Our old, our old house that was a little bit smaller than the one we have now. And I was like, hey, hey, can we do it here? And she was like, no. <laughs> I know. She's so good at it. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, hey, to Bowen and Augustus for the use of our theme song, Money Won't Pay. You can find a link to that in the episode description. And a big thanks to MaximumFun.org for having us on their network. Uh, what do you want to plug this week? You know, I just want to mention that the Max Fun Drive is coming up. It is coming up very soon. It's an exciting opportunity. If you're new to the show, uh, we are part of Maximum Fun, which is a a pledge-supported network. That means if you enjoy the stuff we do, you can donate some money to keep us going and get some cool pledge gifts when we do the Max Fun Drive. And during the Max Fun Drive, we all kind of make a special effort to make really good shows. And so it's a good time to check out new stuff. Uh, And that happens in March. And we have – we'll be doing bonus episodes. Everybody's doing bonus episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rachel and I are still trying to figure out what we want ours to be. Well, we have an idea. We have an idea. Maybe we should float what the idea yeah, let's is. Float now. It. We're going to do just sort of all Will Smith. <laughs> just kind of uh, a review. The, of this is your yeah, life. Yeah, the music and the filmography. The music and the and filmography. The... And look, I don't want to dump on his, his you know, some of his later, uh, more questionable work. Uh, uh, his, um, you know, 
uh, After Earth. What was the one he did with M. Night Shyamalan? Anyway, uh, you know, I want to celebrate the celebrate the things that uh, do matter. And I maybe just want to celebrate him because I saw him as the blue genie. Um, and not only saw him, I, uh, I I made him my desktop background. Rachel can see him poking through my windows oh, right now. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, he's been in the background of my desktop and my laptop for a long time. <laughs> and I saw him and I thought, like, people are making fun of Will Smith and – um, you know, whether or not he deserves it, I just want to just turn, turn, turn would, back the dial. We think it would be a fun episode. And Griffin does also know a lot of the lyrics to wild, wild west. I know a lot of the lyrics to, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. To that, to, um, really all of the big Willie style, which is, it makes me kind of basic. I feel like <laughs> as a Will Smith fan, but, and yeah, there's lots of other shows on the network and you can find other stuff. We do at McElroy.family. And uh, any other things? Any other stuff? Got tickets for sale for Mabim Bam and Taz in uh, San Jose, St. Louis. It's not St. Louis, San Jose, and Salt Lake City. Thank you. And anything else? Nope. What's next? Bring it. What's next? Do you know him? No. Do you know that character? No. What? All right. What's next? No. It's Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. That's Jed Bartlett? What? All right, what's next? All right, bring me the next thing. What's next? Hurry up, Josh. <sighs> when was the last time you watched it? It's been a few years. Maybe that is exactly what he sounds like. No, oh, come on, CJ. What's next? You're getting closer. Because I'm saying character names? <laughs> Leo, I'm sick of it. What's next? <sighs> Give me that, give me a freaking president hammer. <laughs> Putin sent his robots over. I'm going to get him. What's next? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. <sighs> There's nothing quite like sailing in the calm international waters on my ship, the SS Biopic. Avast! It's actually pronounced biopic. No, you dingus! It's biopic! Who the hell says that? It's biopic! Because it's the, the words word for biography and picture. If you... All right, that is enough. Ahoy, I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the host of the newly rebooted podcast, formerly known as International Waters, designed to resolve petty but persistent arguments like this. How? By pitting two teams of opinionated comedians against each other with trivia and improv games, of course. Winner takes home the right to be right. What podcast be this? It's called Troubled Waters, where we disagree to disagree!